Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Butcher. Terrific. This episode, we have our 14th edition of Recent Animal Stories and Attacks. These are always some of our favorite episodes to do, right, Dave? Yeah. I really enjoy them. And we have stories from the last few months, um, last four months from November to February. Yeah, it feels like it's been a while. And it has been quite a while, actually. But um, And we, ha- we have lots of good stories to share. I always try to add some variety to the stories. Uh, you know, I want some I want some brutal and deathy. <laughs> we, we've been, we haven't done brutal and deathy for a while, so we've, yeah. we definitely got a couple that uh, fit into that category. And then I want some, you know, like uh, survival stories where people survive uh-huh. the, the attacks and you know some humor uh, humorous ones as well yeah so i we got a big we got a mixture of a good batch here for this right episode on. it's gonna be a lot of fun and we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode on working dogs part two i really enjoyed our dog episodes yeah learning, learning about all the different um types of working dogs uh in the last episode we talked about greyhound racing dogs we talked about uh, giant russian prison guard yeah. dogs <laughs> um canine police dogs and then you talked about some different herding dogs and service dogs and um then we talked about service dogs that help out cheetahs yeah isn't that isn't yeah. that a super interesting it was, to help yeah. them out in help them out in captivity it was pretty cool yeah so go back and check it out if you haven't yet uh they're all good boys yeah <laughs> Uh, and as always, we want to thank all the listeners for tuning into us. We've been doing really well lately. Uh, it's very awesome, so thank you very much. And if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use that will allow reviews. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. Um, like we say every time, uh, the ratings and reviews really help the podcast gain more attention and gain more listeners. It really means a lot, so please go ahead and do that for us. Also, as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. Good evening, gentlemen. I just want you both to know that I am now one month sober from truffles. I haven't even thought about those dirty, addictive, scrumptious, wonderful, exhilarating truffles. Oh, boy. David, hold me. I might be having a relapse. Oh, oh. Dave, what, what I, I th- stage is this? <laughs> Dave, I think just hold him. We don't right? want we don't want another right? <laughs> we, we don't want another wild animal party with them snorting truffles off each other's bellies. So I know. <laughs> just just hold him for the rest of the episode, it's, okay? Ten bucks says it's just because he can't get any right now. <laughs> They're hard to come by, right? right. Oh, so stupid. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's continue. All right. So let's go to our first story. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's just get right into it. And and I thought this would be fitting, our first story, fitting that our last two episodes were about good boys, mm-hmm. about good dogs. This first story is about some bad boys. Oh. These are not good dogs. Yikes. For this story, let's go to December 23rd-ish, and we go to a place we've never been before. We go to east, east, um, an eastern Russian city named Ulan Ude. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's basically right above Mongolia. Wow. Okay. Uh, And this city isn't known for much. I wouldn't think so. (laughs) But it is actually home to um, an unusually large statue of the head of Vladimir Lenin. Oh, somebody kept it. Yeah, they just kept it. They shipped it to Siberia. (laughs) (laughs) But it's massive, too. I saw the the photo of it. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, very strange. But let's meet a young woman. A 20-year-old Russian beautician named Tatiana Loskanikova. Uh, I believe she is a nail artist at a saloon. Salon. Okay. Salon. Um, a very pretty young woman with Mongolian heritage. Okay. Now, we don't know what caused this attack on Tatiana. Uh, all what we know comes from a witness. And the witness is a woman named Alexandria Andrivana, something like that. Oh, it was close. Okay. Uh, Alexandria, early in the morning, hears screams along with dogs barking. She gets dressed, uh, went out to cross the road to see what was going on, and she found a backpack lying on the ground. Then she saw a pack of dogs and a person lying on the ground. Oh. The dogs surrounding the person. There were about 10 dogs, maybe oh my more. Oh, goodness. Yeah, 10 of them. Tatiana was laying on the ground, uh, no longer screaming, 
Oh. That's a bad sign. Uh, Alexandria used a stick to beat away the dogs and made loud noises, banged on a fence to scare away the dogs, and also, which also alerted other neighbors that came out. Gee. A passerby, a man helped and grabbed the limp body of Tatiana. Oh. Basically, all of her clothes have been ripped off at this oh point. Oh, my goodness. Um, she's, yeah, all, basically, she's pretty much naked. And all she's wearing is boots. The dogs ripped all of her clothes Jeez. off. Jeez. This was a very, and this was in uh, December in Russia. Oh, my so goodness. So it's a, it's a very cold morning, too. Uh, Alexandra and the man take her to Alexandra's home. They call for an ambulance, and poor Tatiana is in the worst of conditions. Uh, the dogs did extreme damage. Oh. Her body was bitten all over. They could see tendons and bones. Oh. That's how deep it went. Her face probably got it the worst. Which oh. is, uh, her, her face was bitten, covered in blood, to where the soft tissues of her face were damaged beyond recognition. Oh my goodness. Even her eyelids were gone. Jeez. So her eyes looked like they were popping out. Oh. With everything man. that happened. And um, she was suffering from severe blood loss. Like I saw the picture, but it was blurred out on her oh, face. Yeah. But you saw all the scratches on part of her body, on her legs, and bites on her body. Jeez. It was it was bad, but it didn't show the face, which I'm kind of glad about. Uh, yeah. But um, 24 hours after the attack, she was in serious condition on a ventilator in a medically induced coma. Oh, wow. All kinds of surgeons were fighting to save her. Uh, she was also taken, and then she was, I don't know the exact time frame, but she was taken to Moscow to get better treatment, which oh, is a long journey yeah. from where they were. But uh, police went out to get the dogs. One dog was shot dead after it attacked an officer. Gee. Additional dogs were shot and killed later on. Now, I looked for a half hour trying to find out what happened to poor Tatiana, like her, like what happened in yeah. the aftermath. And I, it was really hard to find an update, but I was able to find something. Okay. And the reason I was able to find something is because I found a new article that was talking about a second attack. Really? Yes. Another attack. Same dogs or same person? No, Tatiana's no. She, she's okay. not getting attacked again. Thank you. Oh, okay. This is a second attack in the same area. Uh, this sec yeah happened on January twelfth, so like three weeks after, three four weeks after, and it happened right near where the first attack happened. Oh my goodness! But this time, the victim is a young boy, eleven oh. years old. The boy was walking home from school when he was also attacked by feral dogs. Jeez. 11-year-old Artyom, A-R-T-O-Y-M, Artyom, okay. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he was attacked by the feral dogs. Um, he likely would have been killed if, if a man didn't come by and scare away the dogs. After he heard the boy shouting help in a weak voice, a oh. man went and saved the boy. Wow. The boy was, it was very similar to Tatiana's. Jeez. The boy was in really bad shape. He was basically naked in the snow, too. They ripped his clothes off. Wow. Covered in blood. Um, his back, arms, legs, thigh, and scalp were affected the most. Oh. It was described as horrific damage. Wow. He was flown to Moscow for emergency medical treatment, but he actually lost consciousness on the ambulance ride. So oh, that tells wow. you how bad this was. And like, the amount of blood loss that yeah. both Tatiana and him and uh, Artyom went through. Uh, he was put in a medical coma following treatment in the hospital. Doctors said his condition was extremely difficult due to severe traumatic hemorrhage shock. Oh. There is a struggle to maintain his vital functions and restore damaged tissue. Oh, Just wow. so much damage. Unfortunately, I could not find a follow-up for Artyom. Uh, I don't even know if he survived at all. Oh, like, wow. A lot of times with these animal attack articles, they do the initial attack, but then they don't do a follow-up to yeah. save the victim. It happens all the time, and it bugs me. Yeah. But um, in this in this article I found about Artyom, they, um, they do mention the previous attack on Tatiana. Oh, do they? And according to it, a few weeks 
after her attack, she was able to sit up for the first time. Oh my goodness. For the first time. Jeez. And doctors were able to salvage her right eye after surgery, but not her left. Oh, wow. Two very bad, brutal attacks. Some of the worst we've covered, quite honestly. Yeah. That's bad. I mean, have your face. And it's from dogs. After we were covering them, it's we good were, boys. The good boys, uh, not so much right now. Gee. Um, the, the attacks have sparked outrage throughout the city, and residents are demanding action. To avoid any more tra- tragedies, children were escorted to and from school by volunteer guards. Wow. It is believed that the dogs... Now, it is believed that the dogs escaped from a local animal shelter. Really? Yeah. Causing locals to attack the shelter. Oh. They were that outraged that they... Apparently, the people tried starting the shelter on fire. Oh, So what are the animals going to do? I don't... Escape and... I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't give exact details, but uh, they were unsuccessful in that. But the city mayor has vowed to move dog um, refugees away from residential areas and make them more secure. Hopefully, you know, obviously. Yeah. But this is pretty bad to have dogs, that many dogs escape. And that I mean, is. we don't even know. We That's what they believed. It was uh-huh. never 100% confirmed that that was the case. There are a lot of feral dogs in in, in, in Russia, yeah. in that area even. So we don't exactly know. But also many local strays have been shot in the aftermath of these attacks, which kind it sounds of, like they need to get it down because they're not. They're probably attacking humans most likely because they're not getting food. Yeah, well, that's why they could be from that shelter because they're not—they're used to their shelter food, so they don't know what to oh, do. So yeah. they're attacking people. So maybe that's the case. We don't know. But um, talk about some wild things that, that happened is. here in Russia. Yeah. Russia, you pretty crazy. We, we know that. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't rabies, was it? No, there. Okay. Well, there's no rabies conversation in any of the articles. Wow. It's crazy. Uh, not that they'll ever hear this, but we hope that Tatiana and RTM make a recovery, of yeah. course. I'd say full recovery, but I don't think that will happen. They got damaged really yeah. bad. But um, very, uh, we're going to start, start off with a brutal and maybe death. Yeah, even. where are we going from here, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, very sad stories. And uh, what a way to start off the episode, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, and on that note... Let's talk about another brutal attack story. Okay. But for this story, we go back to around November 20th, and we are going to the African nation of Zimbabwe. Oh. And we go to the rural region of Chiramanzu in central uh, Zimbabwe. Well, this is already sounding dangerous. Yeah. We meet an elderly elderly man. um, More dangerous. (laughs) Tendai Masika, he's 89 years old. That's wow. old. Yeah. So he falls asleep in his mud and wood hut on this night. It's in the rural areas. Okay. Some animals sneak into his hut and drag the elderly man away. Jeez. All right, Dave, do you have a guess of what what would you think it is? Lions? That's a good first guess, but no. Uh, leopard? Nope. I wouldn't. Yeah, I can't think of what else it would be. Well, it's an animal animal that we've covered before. Uh, crocodile. <laughs> no. Hyenas. Oh, gee. Yeah, hyenas are very dangerous animals. Yeah. Uh, the man was dragged about one thousand feet, which is about three hundred meters. When local villagers found him, his entire lower half was missing. Oh my goodness. So obviously he was killed. Jeez. His entire hat is missing, yeah. Wow. The hyenas that did this is the same pack to believed to be responsible for a recent series of attacks on cattle and goats in the area. Oh. And hyenas are not an animal you want to be attacked by. No. Not at all. And one thing about them is they don't care if you're alive or dead. They will start eating. Yeah. Uh, I've seen many wildlife uh, videos of them doing that. I've seen like with a wildebeest and they're, you know, they're attacking it, but then the wildebeest turns around and half of it's like right um, in front of its hind legs, uh-huh. the soft part, you know, their stomach. Yeah. Hyenas have already ripped out intestines and everything. And, oh hyena, my goodness. and the, the wildebeest is still walking around trying to do something, but the, you know, get a hyena just getting in there and grabbing whatever it can. Wow. It's they're ruthless. It's like piranhas. Yeah, they they don't care. 
They don't care if it's if you're alive or dead. Oh, wow. But uh, Masika, the elderly man, was buried a few days later, and uh, locals have been urged to be vigilant, avoid moving around at night, and keep all doors and windows closed until the animals are captured or killed. Yeah. So in this region, animal attacks are not uncommon during this time of year, which is their summertime. Okay. Back in um, uh, November. Uh, they're under the equator, remember? Yeah. Uh, but uh, conditions are drier when food and water are uh, more scarce. So okay. that's, they you know, go and uh, attack things they normally wouldn't, basically. Uh, and this was actually the 60th person to die from wildlife-human conflict in this region in 2020. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it was the whole country or just this specific region. I'm not sure on that, but 60 people. Wow. And it's a rural region. Yeah. Gee. And about half of that, um, half of that 60 were from elephants alone. Oh, my goodness. Right? And that's deaths. Wow. They said deaths in this region. That's crazy. Uh, and then uh, they had at least uh, three from lions, and I don't know the rest. But yeah, three lions, a lot of elephants, and a mixture of other things. Ah. In, to- in 2019, hyenas were responsible for killing two young siblings while out picking fruit. God. A part of the problem is largely caused by overpopulation of animals. Uh, According to a local ranger, this has been compounded by the destruction of their habitats by climate change, and the pandemic hasn't helped any at all. It's made matters worse, actually. How has that made matters worse for the animals? I'll tell you, in normal years, the wildlife authorities rely mainly on tourism for revenue. Uh But tourism in 2020 is just about as good as dead. Uh That's what the article was saying. In this area, which has left them without resources to fund conservational efforts, so so they're not so they're not able to go out and um, cull any animals that oh, they feel like okay. they need to, like things like that. Oh, uh, want to learn more about hyenas? Go way back in our archive to episodes thirteen and fourteen, and we did a two parter on them. If you remember, mm. they're super interesting animals, huh? Yeah, and they're they're fascinating, and where the it's actually where the females are the dominant ones. And if you remember, they also have pseudo penises, which is so weird. Hyenas yeah. are they're one of the most bizarre animals that I can yeah. think of. It's like if all of the women were dominatrixes. <laughs> That's what I think of when I'm a hyena culture and structure. Well, they are rough, you know. Yeah. Uh, hyenas are really cool, weird, and dangerous, and we'll eat you alive. Yes. But super interesting. I, I really like them. They're cool to listen to. Yeah. Or to, yeah, we'll hear them laugh and listen to their laughs are so weird. It is. All right. Well, that's uh, hyenas. So let's go to another story, our third story, and then, uh, which covers another large predator. Okay. For this story, we go to February 6th-ish, and we go to Indonesia. Um, Pant Ayanak, Indonesia, to be specific. I think that's right. It's on the large island of Borneo. Okay. Uh, Borneo is the island that shares land with Malaysia. You can picture it, but, and we are going to visit a zoo called the Sinka Zoo. We come here because there has been an escape. Oh. In the days leading up, there were days of torrential rain, which caused a small landslide and it allowed some animals to escape. Oh. The animals that escaped are one of the last animals you want to escape a zoo. Two female Bengal tigers escaped. Oh, boy. Both were around 18 months old. Uh, One was a traditional orange color. The Uh other was a white tiger. Okay. Once authorities found out about the escape, they later found, they they did a look around, and they found a dead cassowary, a dead ostrich, and a dead monkey that the tigers have killed. But that wasn't all. They also found the body of a 47-year-old zookeeper. Oh, no. Um, that they found that was dead from them, uh, from biting them. Gee. Or from them biting that person. Uh, and they found uh, bite marks and scratches all over the body. Boy. Uh, the tigers, they went on a legit terror, little terror streak yeah. here in the zoo. And Jim Corbett's not around anymore. He's not around. <laughs> uh, authorities and conservation officials were immediately dispatched to search for the tigers. 
Nearby tourism attractions were ordered to close down, and locals were told to stay home while they searched for the tigers. The authorities hoped to catch both tigers alive using tranquilizer darts. However, they were forced to shoot one of them, the orange one, after it acted aggressively towards them. So they had to shoot and kill it. They didn't want to, but you got to in some situations. They said they were af- uh, afraid it would escape to the nearest neighborhood if they didn't take it out to. Oh, okay. Although they tried their best to catch it alive, the the priority is towards human safety. Yeah. And they were, however, able they were, however, able to uh, capture the white tiger a day after it escaped. So oh, it was like okay. a twenty four hour period. They captured it and they um, they were able to take it back to the zoo. Okay. Uh, A cage filled with animal prey was prepared in an attempt to lure the tiger back to the zoo (laughs) at its proper feeding time. What, they they read the monkey exhibit for (laughs) it or something? Uh, They were able to successfully tranquilize the white tiger, uh, and the tiger is now being monitored at the zoo. Okay. Yeah, one man dead from this tiger escape, uh, and a very unfortunate story. Yeah. And from what I kind of read, and it, it sounded like a lot of these zoos, I'm not saying all of them, but many of them, uh, are, have really bad reputations for oh. mistreating animals and have been reported with animal cruelty. Apparently, many zoos in Indonesia have a similar bad re- reputation, uh. too. Like I said, not all of them, but a good amount of them, apparently. That's too bad. So, our next story is similar and is that it also involves a zoo and a tiger. Oh, okay. But the owner of this zoo is someone that you and the listeners probably have heard of. Yeah. I'll use a quote from the infamous Joe Exotic. It's that bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah. You know we're in for a ride when you got Has Joe Exotic. karma Ex- come around? <laughs> when Joe Exotic comes on this show, you know things are wild. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's funny because Tiger King took off like exactly a year ago. Uh-huh. And it was huge. Everybody oh, yeah. was talking about it. I remember talking about it with people at work like nonstop. Like, oh, yeah. That was what we talked about at work was Tiger King. <laughs> and it was... Um, it was a great show with an array of bizarre and crazy characters. Yeah. One character was Carol Baskins, who had a longtime feud with Joe Exotic, who is now in prison for putting a hit on her. <laughs> that's oh, that's yeah. it's so funny. It, it's it's like a total wrestling match, you know, the total wrestling match character. Makes, like you know? a like a wrestling character. And yeah. This is like their feud. Yeah, they're feuding, yeah. and he took it one step too far. <laughs> And uh, she also may or may not have killed her husband and fed him to tigers. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. But it's such a crazy show, huh? And oh, it, yeah. It, it was It was great, though. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, at, but at one point, uh, we thought of, and at one point, we thought about covering the whole Tiger King uh, series uh-huh. on the show. But I felt like everybody was covering it at that yeah. time. Like it was just, it kind of got overdone. And after like two months after it released, I swear it just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Like, something two months later. Around, and know? that was it. it was, yeah. Nobody was cared anymore about it. Very strange. But uh, yeah, let's go to our story that takes place at Carol Baskin's big cat rescue sanctuary in Tampa, Florida. Oh boy. And this takes place on December 3rd ish. So around eight 30 AM, Hillsborough County Fire Rescue received a trauma alert call from the sanctuary. Oh, boy. A volunteer, a 69-year-old Candy Kowser, was feeding a three-year-old male tiger named Kimba when she noticed that the tiger was not in his usual location. Hmm. She then broke protocol by reaching into the cage to unclip the gate that had been clipped shut. Oh, uh, Carol Baskins, she says, a quote from her, it is against our protocols for anybody to stick any part of their body into a cage with a cat in it. Unless it's me feeding my husband to them, of course. <laughs> no. She said she finally admitted. No, <laughs> no she did not say that. Yeah. But uh, so what happened is Kimba grabbed the woman's arm and bit it nearly and just, you know, what tigers oh. do when they have an arm. 
nearly tearing it off at the shoulder. Oh. Candy was taken to the hospital for treatment after um, staff and other volunteers applied first aid to stop the bleeding. It, it must have been pretty bad. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's very similar to what happened in Tiger King at Joe Exotic Zoo. Remember that one employee yeah. stuck their arm in and the tiger tore it apart. And yeah. that person ended up losing part of their arm, like at the elbow, yeah. I think. But uh, And then... I, that, and, then and, and she tore She's like, see, he's... His uh, his care center is just horrible. It's yeah. not right. When you know that can happen anyway. Yeah, and then she gets it happening. Yeah. yeah, but then, um, but after that person at Joe Exotics lost their arm, they went and they went back to work like less than a week later. Yeah, and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, but uh, luckily, it seems like Candy got off better than that person. Oh, okay. She, um, she did not suffer her arm being broke, or she, sorry, she did suffer her arm being broken in two places and her shoulder badly injured, but able to move her fingers. Um, she did okay. not have to get an amputation, oh, okay. um, but she did undergo surgery. And Kimba the tiger had to spend the next thirty days in solitary confinement. Oh, Basically, what is equivalent to that? Prison for it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and. Uh, Carol's, That'll fix it, right? <laughs> Quarantine the tiger might help. Uh, Carol says the tiger was just acting normal due to the presence of food and the opportunity, which is true. Yeah. Uh, Candy did not want Kimba to suffer any consequences for the incident and said the tiger was up to date on all of its shots. It was healthy. Okay. Uh it goes, yeah, like it goes to show an accident with large, dangerous animals can happen at any point in time. Yeah. Especially when you leave that bitch Carol Baskins in charge. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I still have no idea if she killed her husband or not. We don't, know. Nobody knows. But what, what did she say? Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. Something, is that what her I line don't was? I remember. She, she had like a little show she did. Uh, she opened, you know. Yeah, we, her YouTube show or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. She, and she opens up. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> it's like, that's so nice. lame. And she would always wear some kind of animal print on uh -huh. her, all of her clothing all the time. Yeah. And she had this weird, bizarre relationship with her new husband. They were so weird. It, it was odd, yeah. But whatever. Um, she didn't really come off likable in that show. No. And maybe no. they purposely did that, or maybe she really is terrible. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's hard to tell with that stuff. <laughs> But uh, I would like to know if she helped pay for Candy's surgery at all. Oh, that would be that would be like if she did be like, yeah. all right, maybe she's not so bad. But probably I, an I insurance do. thing that they have to have. Maybe, you know? yeah. But um, I, I don't know. But uh, I hope she did. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. so we just had two tiger attacks and from zoos. Uh huh. And Dave, you told me right before we were recording that you have a third for uh, us. That's right. So why don't you third. share your story? Here we story. go. Yeah. So this is the same kind of a very similar one, actually, mm -hmm. from a tiger, another big cat sanctuary in Tennessee. This happened January this year. Um, Tennessee woman, she's about 18 years old. Uh, her name was Summer Stevens. She worked at Tiger Haven. Um, when she was going to, well, they said feed, but I think she was going to water or give water to the, to the tiger. She says she tripped and fell towards the tiger, towards the gate and her arm fell through the slot where it would go. And the tiger grabbed. She's that quick. Yeah. Tiger grabbed and, uh, started, you know, ripping at her arm. So she's yelling, screaming. It's a big sanctuary, so it took finally someone people heard, and they had to run from way over somewhere mm -hmm. else. Got to her, they were sticking bamboo, big bamboo posts in his, in its mouth, trying to get it, yeah, get it to okay. let go of her, because it can't drag her through the no. hole. It's not big enough. So finally, they get they get her arm out, blood lost all over. It. They said it was like it degloved her, like all Ooh. the skin was gone from Ooh. like just above the elbow, Whoosh, like all of it. Yeah, so. They got the ambulance. Took about half an hour for the ambulance to get there. Took her to the hospital. They weren't. They were. They were at the time. They were thinking, man, it's not looking good for her arm. Probably have to amputate. But they actually salvaged the arm. Oh, good. But she's had five surgeries, getting skin grafts from her back and her leg oh, to put yeah. back on the arm. You see, you can see the stitches. It's like right, you know, just below the shoulder, almost on some wow. of them. It was, yeah, it was bad. But she's. You know, she's, she's doing talking, okay. She's fine. She's she's as far you know as far as they have, 
this was about a month later they've done interviews with her and she's you know so you can see the skin back on but you didn't get to see all of it because it's just kind of it's still wrapped on the forearm mm. and and has, has to stay in a certain position most likely broke you know broken or something but um so people then started saying well how the heck did that happen so and they have uh uh an investigation. They had an investigation mm-hmm. going on. Like, okay, how did this happen? Most likely for yeah, insurance. The or way something, she said, you know? or the way that you told her story, just like, huh? yeah, it's like I fell in, like a one in a million shot. You know, oh, I fell. In my arm went. In. Uh, you know, she said she slipped on the mud. Okay, arm fell maybe. in, and it was raining at the time, so it's it's possible. But but where <clears throat> they show a video of them when um, when the ambulance was getting to her, they're hold, you know they're holding her. They got her out. And she's on the other side of this fence. Well, the slot there, it doesn't look, it looks too far removed, like almost impossible for her arm to get caught. Right. And that's why people are like, wait a second, this doesn't add up. Like she must have been trying to pet the pet tiger, him, reach in or some, yeah, possibly. But it's, it could be that she she wasn't there because they were, they showed pictures of like, okay, this is where the tiger could be. This is where she would be based on what we have. And you're like, see how it's not really plausible mm-hmm. that happened. Well, we don't know for sure if that's where she was. That's just where we saw her in the video where they were holding her, you know. They could have moved her further out of a cage. Yeah, out of, the, yeah. out of a, not, not so much the cage, but you know how they have staging areas and yeah. whatnot. She could have been moved out of there. We don't know. She's insistent. She's done interviews saying, hey, I, 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 you know, I don't want people to think that I was trying to pet it. I really was. I really did slip. So we really don't know. But yeah. the, um, another article came out in March that said, uh, um, uh, the, the, not the zoo, what, what do we call it? Rescue, the rescue. The they want, yeah, the sanctuary. They want the investigation confidential. Okay. So we won't know. No. We okay. won't know for sure. But so all we have to, you know, we just take our word, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it possible. I mean, it is but, possible. Oh, anything. We've, any, <laughs> we've seen. <laughs> how many things have happened on this show? Uh, yeah. A, a girl tripping and a tiger getting your arm is pl- very plausible. Yeah. More plausible than a crossbow going through a door <laughs> and killing you, which has happened yeah. on this show. So, yeah, yeah it's very plausible. Crazy. So you'll be happy to know this has 250 uh, big cats Ooh. in it. And one of them is a jaguar. If, out of 250, I would hope at least one of them would yeah. be a jaguar. They were saying it's got it's got leopards, it's got tigers, jaguar. What? Which one <laughs> jaguar? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. I thought that I thought you that, liked that, but that, that's a good that's, that's a, a good story. It was an interesting story. Yeah, but yeah, I feel bad for the arm, but she seemed oh, yeah. good spirits. She's she said she wasn't. You know, she had no animosity either for no, the cat. No. Yeah, it's, its name was Eeyore, by the way. Eeyore, odd name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good name. Well, yeah, great story, Dave. Good job. Uh, that's three tiger zoo stories that I didn't know was going to happen. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. All right, good job. So let's continue. Uh, I've got another story here. And for this one, we are going down under, mate. And we yes. are, which happens around February 1st. And we go to Alice Springs, Australia in the Northern Territory. Okay. It's in Central Australia, basically. And we meet a 10-year-old girl, I uh, don't know her name, but she is going to bed for the night. Okay. She lays down and goes to sleep. And that's the story. Okay. That's the story. At the Just end? <laughs> <laughs> what she doesn't know is that she is sharing the bed with a deadly creature. Oh, boy. While she sleeps, one of her feet hit this creature. It bites her. She used her other foot to... I kind of like scratched the first bite. It was irritating oh. her. And then her that foot gets bitten. The bottom of her foot gets bitten. Ooh. What bites her is a highly venomous snake called a King Brown. Or they also go by uh, the Mulga snake. That's They go Mulga by snake, Mulga okay. snake, either or. And these snakes are known for being very aggressive biters. Ugh. And they aren't the most venomous snakes in Australia, but their venom still packs a powerful punch. Oh. The parents of the young girl did a good job of handling the situation. They called for an ambulance and while waiting, applied pressure bandages, got her away from the snake and kept her um, as calm as possible, which is very important. Staying calm um, is very important. Otherwise, the faster your heart beats, the faster the venom will react and go into your body more. Yeah. 
The girl was dealing with pain around the bites and suffered from nausea, uh, nausea and vomiting. Ugh. She received two heavy, uh, heavy bites that required antivenom. And the girl was stable in the ICU, but she did have to stay there for a few days. Wow. Hopefully she has fully recovered. Recovered. A snake catcher was called to handle the, the King Brown, which was a meter long. Wow. Three feet. Not a small snake by any means. No. And he was able to identify it quickly, which helped her recovery. Once you know what the snake is, you know what kind of anti-venom to oh, use. Okay. And the snake catcher said, catcher said that due to the humid conditions, the snakes go berserk. And he has been called several times a day to rescue snakes from human locations. Gee. So he's been a busy man with these wow. all these snakes. Uh, pretty scary to find a large, deadly snake, not just in your house, but in your freaking bed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully she's doing better now, too. Now, uh, for this next story, we are going to stay in the land down under, or you could call it the land of dangerous snakes if you want. Yeah. Uh, we have another snake bite oh, happening boy. here by an even deadlier snake. Let's go to February 1st, which is the exact same date as the other bite oh, was. Oh, <laughs> wow. And we go to Cummins, South Australia, in the very southern part of the okay. uh, country. Let's meet a teenager. His name is Isaiah Wilkish. He is 16. Uh, Isaiah and his buddy Levi, they go golfing. Something I've been really into in yeah. the last year. I've, I've honestly gone golfing three times in the last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm still not that good, but I, 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 I try. <laughs> uh, but these guys go out golfing, and Isaiah was walking when he stepped on what he thought was a stick. And he felt like the end of the stick kind of poked his leg. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when he looked down, he saw a snake slither off, and he knew that he had been bitten. Oh, boy. The snake bit him three times on the leg in one very quick motion. Like oh, wow. Like rapid fire three bites. Gee. Pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. He was able to identify the snake, though, on his own. Oh, uh, wow. That's impressive. So, yeah, he's knowledgeable enough and the snake is called an eastern brown snake okay we've covered we've covered a bunch of these snakes before yeah yeah. and um it is different than the king brown which was from last story Uh, this snake is considered by many scientists to be the world's second most venomous snake isn't that crazy yeah the most venomous is the inland taipan also in australia Oh, gee. So this one is considered to be the second or right around. And it's in the top. It's a top contender. But these browns are also responsible for the most deaths in Australia. About 60% of snake deaths in Australia come from these browns. And they kill about two to four people a year in Australia. It would be more if not for the really good hospitals and anti-venom that they have there. Oh, that's good. So this is an extremely dangerous animal. Now, the next part of the story is very ironic. Yeah. Super ironic. So Isaiah's mum, I say that in Australian way, <laughs> Isaiah's mum actually warned him about snakes that very morning. Oh, no. Even going through uh, what to do if someone was bitten. She went through it with him that morning. Wow. Then she even put together a makeshift snake bite kit and put it into his golf bag that morning. Wow. Isn't that impressive? This woman might be able to predict the future. Gee. Well, ask her who's going to win the the, um, the basketball conference. Oh, so we can win some money? <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, I've, I've got some questions for her. And mainly it will be, <laughs> it will, be uh, will I ever get better at golf in the future? That's my main question. There you go. Well, maybe she'll give you a snake bite kit when you go. <laughs> So the cause of death from brown snakes are from um, cardiac arrests before they before they reach the hospital. So it, it could kill you in under an hour for sure. Wow. Luckily, Isaiah and Levi used that makeshift snake bite kit and called triple zero, which is like their 911. Oh, okay. So his mother's premonition helped save his life, as we find out. Wow. But he was taken to the hospital where he received the anti-venom um, after it was confirmed to be brown snake, a brown snake that bit him. Isaiah actually vomited up blood 
when oh, wow. when the anti-venom was pumped in. Uh, apparently getting anti-venom is not a fun ordeal, Ooh. but you got to do it. Uh, he said his kidneys hurt a lot too. You could like feel it. How could you feel Ooh. your kidneys? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what the venom, this venom does. It thins the blood out and it causes bleeding on the inside. Oh, the, the venom reduced the ability, reduces the ability for blood to clot by destroying the clotting protein too. Oh, so it's a nasty toxin Jeez. for sure. And Isaiah st- uh, stayed in the hospital for three days until his blood improved. Wow. But he says he thinks he's very lucky. Yeah. But his, his mom doesn't credit luck. She credits herself and comes out that she is a clairvoyant. Oh, wow. No, oh. <laughs> uh, well, actually, in fact, she just told me that I will get better at golf one day. So keep trying. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no. She, she attributes his survival on his preparedness and remaining calm under pressure. Yeah. Uh, the article I got this story from, we're going to go over a couple cool things, uh, has some good guidelines of what to do and what not to do if bitten by a venomous snake. Oh, okay. So let's quickly go over it, okay? Okay. So do not suck out the venom. <laughs> We've said that before. It's a myth. It doesn't do anything. So do mm. not suck out the venom. And also, do not wash the bite. This is something you might oh, interesting. You might think that you should do is wash it. Uh-huh. Don't wash it. It's important for um, doctors to identify the type of venom. And if you wash it away, it could lead oh. to more problems and then might not be able to do that. Okay. So you couldn't find out what kind of snake it was. Uh-huh. So they got to use what's um, possibly right on your wound mark, the bite oh, mark. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So don't wash a snake bite. Okay. And also, do not let the victim walk or move around much. They need to stay um, still, lie down, and, and keep them calm as, oh. as best you can. I mean, if you need to bring transportation to them, do that, but don't let them move around too much. Okay. Uh, do not cut the bite. The bite mark. Uh-huh. Uh, you've seen that incise the bite. That does. Uh, that's ineffective. And also, do not apply a high tourniquet. Oh. Okay. Okay. So do, what you want to do is bandage right over the bite. Okay. That's all. Place your bandage directly over the bite and it helps with the pressure and it will slow down the release of the venom. Oh, okay. But you do not want to put it on tourniquet. Like say you got bit on your uh-huh. foot or something, we'll then you put a tourniquet. Flow. Yeah. Then you put a tourniquet over your thigh. That's counterproductive apparently. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So here's a few things. Oh, and last one. Do... Get medical help immediately. Okay, I got, I got, <laughs> you got, I got that, one. that one. So yeah, those are just some guidelines that will help anybody if uh, if any of our listeners ever get bitten. Yeah. And I also found out in Australia, there's a an app, a phone app called Australian Bites and Stings, which is a free oh. app to get, and it provides first aid info on all sorts of bites and stings in Australia. Oh right, on. which is a really that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, all of our, I encourage all of our Australian mates to get that app. And so you know what to do if you're ever bitten by something. That's a good idea. Oh yeah. Um, Isaiah has made a full recovery. Oh, that's good. And he looks forward to finishing his golf round. (laughs) But it's funny because he, he did get, he got bit on the golf course. It was last year that I went on a golf course. And of course, it wasn't a venomous snake, but I was driving the cart, and I literally ran, almost ran over a two-foot-long snake. Really? Yeah. Oh. So I could see how that you could accidentally run into one there. Yeah. Kind of cool. Mine, I don't remember what kind the one I ran into was. Huh. It wasn't dangerous, but Probably it was gopher pretty good size. Or yeah, I think it was a gopher sounds right. Gopher yeah. snake. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Right on. All right. Uh, I've got two more stories for us, Dave. Okay. For this next one, we go to February thirteenth ish, and we go up to we go up north, and we're going to Alaska, near Shalette uh, Lake in southern Alaska. And let's meet Shannon Stevens. She goes out snowmobiling with her brother and his girlfriend, and they are going to spend the night in the outdoors at Eric's Yurt. Okay, which is like a portable round tent covered. It's supposed to be covered with felt, but I don't know if this one was. But oh. um, it's used. It was used by nomadic people, and apparently Eric too. But they use them all over. It's it's just like a fancy tent. Yeah. It's like you have a cabin and then a tent. A yurt is like in between. Yeah. That's how I got it. 
But everyone just finished dinner. Uh, they cooked sausages on an open fire. Uh, it's also dark out, too. And cold, because it's February in Alaska. Oh. But uh, nature was calling for Shannon, and she needed to use the outhouse. <laughs> now, I'm going to use a quote from her. Uh, I'm going to use a quote from her right here. She says, I got out there and sat down on the toilet, and immediately something hit my butt right as I sat down. Oh, boy. I screamed and jumped up when it happened. Initially, she thought that it was like a small creature, maybe a squirrel, something uh-huh. like that. Uh, her brother, Eric, heard the screams and, you know, rushed over there. All he really has is his headlamp on. Oh. Uh, she tells him what happened. So Eric, he being brave, right? Uh-huh. So what he does is he lifts the toilet seat to find these big eyes staring up oh. at him. These big eyes belong to a black bear. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got a black bear in the outhouse. Wow. Uh, yeah, and apparently when he opened it, it was like eye level, like right on the toilet <laughs> level. Just big bear just staring oh at him. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, imagine lifting a toilet seat and seeing a big bear <laughs> staring at you. What happened to that bear's nose? <laughs> that, that's, there's no honey pot there. <laughs> well, I'm willing to bet that, that nobody would ever expect that to happen. No. <laughs> uh, they go back to the yurt and look at Shannon's wounds. Now... Poor Eric here. He now has to look at his sister's butt to examine the wounds. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see my sister's butt under any circumstances. Yeah. Don't tell anyone about <laughs> yeah, this. They would. That could be like in a comedy movie. And be like, don't tell anybody. Yeah. And now the whole world knows. <laughs> she, she got like a dumb tattoo in her college years. And he finds it from, from this. I don't know. Yeah. I just pictured a whole scenario yeah. of silly things that could happen. <laughs> But he he has to do it, or so her her butt was bleeding a little bit, Ooh. but not badly, not enough to go to the hospital. Oh, for. okay. But it was it was actually a swipe of the bear's paw that got her butt, oh, not a bite. So that's good, and apparently it happened like really quick. Oh. But one of the main your main question is why is a bear in the outhouse under a toilet? Right? Yeah. Well, that's because that. Um, that outhouse that this bear was using that outhouse as a den for its winter hibernation. Oh. <laughs> and he woke him up from hibernation. He's, He's like, woke, what the heck is all this? Oh, and swipes, <laughs> swipes the button. Probably goes right back to, well, it's probably warmer for him there. <laughs> that's not a bad idea for a bear to go to like an outhouse. Like, oh I goodness. don't know how, how, um, underground it was or how yeah. far they dug into the outhouse, but not a terrible idea for a bear. Yeah. If it, Works, right? Yeah. But uh, Shannon says that she will be better about looking inside of a toilet before she sits in it. <laughs> uh, Shannon, if th- Shannon, if this happens to you twice, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, these bears, I would say these bears are after her butt if that happened again. But <laughs> she might be the, the only person on earth who has had this happen to her. That is crazy. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's, it's funny because she didn't get hurt badly and it's just yeah. a silly... I just picture just a bear just staring at you <laughs> through a toilet seat. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so I've got one last story for us, Dave. Okay. All right. This story takes place over actually a few month period. So it's kind of an ongoing, it was an ongoing story. And it started back uh, all the way back in last summer and finally concluded in early March. Just a okay. few days ago, I think even. But for this story, we go to the San Francisco Bay Area. Oh. Here, locals have had issues with an unusually aggressive... What do you think? Raccoon? (laughs) Coyote. In San Francisco? Oh, yeah. Wow. Apparently, they're all over the... From what I read, they're all over the place there now. Oh, that's crazy. I don't know if they're, like, directly on in downtown, but no. they're they're over in the other areas. Okay. But um, a single coyote is responsible for biting at least five people in the last few months. Oh, boy. DNA taken from the uh, victim's bite wounds and clothing has linked all of these attacks, all five attacks, to a single coyote in a roughly two-mile radius. Oh, in and around East Bay cities of Moraga, Moraga, oh, wow. and Lafayette. Huh. 
The uh, coyote has uh, bitten adults and children. Gee. One man was attacked while doing his regular workout routine on a local high school football field. He was doing push-ups, and then the coyote snuck from behind and bit him on the leg. Oh, my goodness. Right? Other attacks occurred at a playground and outside of a grocery store, as well as outside of a, a quick-stop convenience store. Gee. The uh, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, in partnership with the U.S. Department of Agriculture, <laughs> some of the longest names on those, yeah. and local police, are working, <laughs> are, are working to euthanize and then test the aggressive coyote. And Dave, what do you think they want to test it for? Rabies. Oh, that's a very old pal of ours. I can't remember the last time we had ra um, rabies on the show, yeah. but uh, here he is. Rabies. Yes, rabies. Well, it, we don't know if it's back. It's a potentially. Oh, okay. Well, why else would he be doing that stuff? Just could be a dickhead. Maybe watched I another know. weirdo in San Francisco that just pinches everyone's there's butts a, or something. There's yeah, a yeah. lot of weirdos in San Francisco. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess the coyotes fitting right in. <laughs> um, in February, they had a 24/7 operation going to catch this coyote. Wow! Like this thing is like on the loose, like serial killer. He's got three departments of the United States after him. <laughs> He's still eluding them. <laughs> Uh, on one of the attacks that happened at the playground, a woman had a stroller with her three-year-old inside. The stroller was, she was behind the stroller and then she heard something, turned around and sees that coyote biting the three-year-old. Oh, geez. So, yeah. Uh, the mother yelled and screamed. The, the coyote retreated, but didn't go far. And, you know, she kept screaming, waved, she got a blanket and waved it around. Oh, wow. But it kept approaching him. Oh, uh, didn't gee. didn't attack him again, but she was she was saying that she could tell that it did not fear her. Oh boy! So that's bad when you have a coyote that doesn't fear people. Yeah. Uh, the series of attacks had locals nervous. Uh, hikers carried you know noisemakers and other yeah. things, and some parents with small children just stuck closer to home in this two mile radius area. Uh, even back in December, a wildlife sniper tried to take out the coyote. Oh, wow. But apparently, obviously, it missed. The guy missed. Oh. Um, also, luckily, all tests on bite victims had come up negative for oh, rabies. Okay. Then just a few days ago, in March, just a couple days ago, I believe, the coyote was finally captured and euthanized. Okay. And it was just right near where one of the previous attacks had taken place. Huh. A test was conducted, and the coyote was rabies-free. Oh, weird. So Interesting. it was just a weird coyote. Yeah, it was just being a dick and attacking people. Jeez. So uh, that's very good news for all the victims, though. Yeah. That'd be, wouldn't that weigh on you? You'd be like, do I have rabies? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I wonder if they just get them anyway. You know? And you're like, I get a, I got a headache. The symptoms are showing. I'm dying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? I wonder if you think that for the rest of your life, then, you know? Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, if you got slightly bit by an animal and get all paranoid. Yeah. You said you had that happen to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've made people paranoid about rabies from this Thanks show. Thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> um... Wildlife experts say its bold behavior is highly unusual for coyotes. Yeah. They're normally um, scared of people and tend to be on their own, but it's uh, not uncommon to see coyotes in populated areas by any means. Yeah. When I lived in Tucson, I saw them all the time. Oh, yeah? I remember by the airport in Tucson, I saw them like every time I went. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they're all over the place. And they're, they, they're one of those animals that, kind of like a raccoon, they do really well in an urban environment. Okay. So they're, you know, they'll eat trash, they'll eat whatever they can. So yeah. coyotes, yeah, they're around for sure. And they can be very dangerous. And from also what I read in this Bay Area, uh, there has been an uptick in coyotes in the last year or so. Huh. I'm not sure exactly why, but since the beginning of the pandemic, um, this uh, one animal expert was saying that um, it led to more animals coming in. There were less people out, more people, more animals felt comfortable to move in. Oh, we talked okay. about that before on a previous episode, yeah. how that was going on. Yeah. But um, a captain for Fish and Wildlife notes that attacks were very, were uh, very uncommon before the pandemic. Hmm. He said that before he'd had maybe see one or two attacks from animals in a year, maybe like a cougar attack, a uh -huh. uh, bear attack. And that was about it. 
And then in 2020, there's been three cougar attacks, six bear attacks, and about a dozen coyote attacks. Gee. And I don't know the exact um, radius of this is talking about, but I'm just going to go with the whole Bay Area. Okay. But yeah, that's a lot more. That is. Oh, but they had all those wildfires too, though. Remember? Yeah, but that, maybe that. I wonder if that maybe that played a part. Yeah. yeah, that could play a part. There's there's always multiple factors and something like that. Yeah. Um, there is speculation that also with um, more people exercising and doing outdoorsy stuff. Okay, yeah. It's also could be um, lead to the increase. Yeah. You know, they're out in nature more. So yeah. there's a lot of factors that could play. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, um, addition to that, uh, there's always expanse of housing and development moving. Yeah. So I think it, probably all of the factors. Yeah, yeah. In fact, um, Utah has seen an uptick in, in tourism. You know, in, in twenty, you know, during the pandemic, more people are coming out of out of state here because it's open and, yeah, and they can do it. And, and it's very outdoorsy. People here that that usually go elsewhere are just doing things around here. Traveling here in Utah, yeah. Like, I remember going fishing up in back in like July up to the Uintas. Yeah. Like, I've never seen so many people up here before. Oh yeah, everything's so crowded. Science hit record numbers this year. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. People want to do out wanted to do outdoor stuff. Yeah. But Dave, uh, that is going to wrap up the episode. Okay. I hope you and everyone enjoyed these uh, cool stories. I know I did. Yeah. These episodes are always a lot of fun for yeah. us. And like I said, I try to do some deathy stories, some feel good. Yeah, you started it out, <laughs> but then we ended on a pretty good, yeah. decent note, right? Yeah. Yes, deathy stories. It's a more uplifting, yeah. <laughs> some uplifting stories where people survive, and then throw in uh, bear scratching butts, and the guy's got to <laughs> check his sister's butt. Yeah. Throwing some, something with humor in there too. So yeah. I try to make it because like, there's tons more of stories that we didn't get to cover. There's, oh, I had a huge yeah. list of oh, things. Yeah. So I just try to condense in ones that I find good articles that explain it the best, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but as far uh, for next episode, I thought it would be a cool idea to learn more about the world famous Iditarod sled dog race. That yeah. We, we talked about that. So. Uh, this year's has already concluded. Okay. They started like back in on March sixth, I think. Um, I forgot to you know pay attention to it, so I got to go back and do a bunch of research. <laughs> I'll find out the winners if that matters. Don't to spoil anybody. it for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I doubt you didn't know who they were. So. <laughs> but yeah, we will. That will be our next episode, and I, I think it'll be fun to learn more about it and the history of it. So. We'll learn more about the dogs as okay. well. So that'll be a good next episode. Okay. And we are also planning on doing a bonus episode uh, very soon. Uh, Dave will actually be telling... Dave's going to be in charge. He's going to be telling us all about pugs. Yeah. Little pug dogs. <laughs> Our brother... used. My brother used to have a pug that died recently, so yeah. we're going to do it in honor of her. Yeah. So um, expect that very soon. And we are also approaching our 100th episode. Uh, oh pretty boy. cool accomplishment, huh? Yeah. Uh, my idea is to do a story of Force of Nature's favorite person, Jim Corbett. I'm Jim Corbett, mother. Yes, another Jim Corbett adventure is coming very soon. I've had people requesting Jim or Jim. Oh yeah, Corbett. oh good. So I, I I'd be on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know which story I'm going to do yet, but okay. It's, it's a Jim Corbett story, so it's gold, it's right? Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be good. <laughs> um, shout outs to give. We want to thank VDTGXSR. VDTGSXR. Hey, you got it right. Nice All right. <laughs> <laughs> they said we are their uh, favorite new show. Hey, so right on. Thank you very much. That's really great. And now, Dave, if anyone else wants to shout out and they want to contribute to the show, what can they do? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like. It really helps us gain more attention, gain more listeners. If you want to really help us out as a wonderful person, why don't you snake those hands into those pockets and rip out some moolah like a tiger <laughs> does to his people's flesh. Let's send some money our way. Oh, that was a good one. You're, that's I love it when you do that. You pull out really good ones. But yes, you can uh, donate to the show. You can go to PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or on Venmo, my personal account, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And all this info is on the description below as well. And if you want to really up your uh, fandom, your, your game, you can uh, purchase one of our amazing Force of Nature t-shirts, yeah. which are really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're they're great. I We've been selling a bunch. Actually, we need to order some more. We're running, okay. we're running out of sizes. 
right, let's do it. The only sizes we have, well, we'll get more soon. So just don't worry about it. Whatever size you are, don't worry about it. We'll yeah. have it soon. But yeah, you can, um, if you want to order a shirt, just uh, DM us on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere or email us and just tell us what you want, where to send it, and we will do it. Yeah. All right. And if to anybody else, all the listeners, feel free to contact us whenever you want. Tell us a cool um, animal-related story of you or someone you know. Or if you just want to suggest an episode idea, want to ask a question, say hi. Please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook or Insta. Also, help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on every platform that we need to be on. We're on iHeartRadio. We're we're everywhere. All right. um, Dave, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm good. All right. How about you, Professor Cheetor? David, thank you so much for holding me. I really believe that it helped. Uh, I, I plan on continuing my sobriety. But Dave, will you just stick with me and take me places with you? I need your help. Oh, I, I don't know if I can. Uh, you you have to have a mask. You, you, I, don't think you, I don't think I can take him. Yeah, I don't know if we can fit a mask on you, Cheetor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you have fun holding Cheetor's paw yeah. while, you, while you go out. <laughs> That'd be so sweet. We should go around just taking pictures of you and Professor Cheetor yeah, everywhere. Should. He's the new travel gnome, yeah. <laughs> Make that our Instagram thing. <laughs> all, just you and a stuffed cheetah wearing, wearing glasses. Yeah. Uh, recovering from truffle. <laughs> truffle addiction yeah. that's so silly that could be funny though yeah. anyway this is force of nature podcast thank you for joining us tell your friends be a part of building us up and we will see you next time bye